0: Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash thrive. That's thrivecosmetics. C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order.
1: Now you guys don't know how much work it is to put this show together every week. We love it, but it's a lot of work. And so it's really nice when we get some love and support from our sponsors. We just started getting sponsors. The first one was Casper Mattresses. They're not only supporting the Rebel Radio Show, but they also make a very comfortable bed that will help you get a good night's sleep, which is important if you're trying to build a business, record an album, get your career, your life going. You need some sleep. So go get a Casper Mattress. They're engineered for comfort to help you get a good night's sleep. They make sheets and pillows so you can uh match your whole set they deliver it free to your house they give you 100 nights to test it out they'll pick it up if you don't like it but i think you will and it's also been named one of the best inventions of 2015 by time magazine so that right there that and sponsoring rebel radio that's two major accomplishments that they've come up with and right now you can use our special code at casper.com use the code radio for fifty dollars towards the purchase of your mattress that's casper.com code radio for fifty dollars off for fans of rebel radio casper.com terms and conditions apply hey check it out we got our second sponsor i'm very excited to tell you about hubba.com it's a new site where people with products can list those products. Stores go on to find out about new stuff to carry. Influencers go to find out about stuff to write about. So if you have a product and you want to connect with influencers or retailers, list your product on Hubba.com. They're having a launch party here in Los Angeles. My man Peanut Butter Wolf is DJing. It's going to be a hot event February 17th. It's invite only, but Because you're a friend of Rebel Radio, my man Saul from Hubba.com will let you in. All you got to do is drop him an email, Saul at Hubba.com. Tell him you listen to Rebel Radio and he'll put you on the list.
2: One thing in basketball I found really key is not getting too high and not getting too low. If you go on a nice winning streak, don't act like you won the NBA championship. If you have some trials and setbacks, don't act like your career is over. I see players all the time who do both. I remember back in the day, we had a very talented team, like all the stars on the street, so we would win 90% of the games. But when we lost, everybody panicked. Like corporate would act like the tour's over. Guys would act like their job is in jeopardy, and it's not working out. Everybody would panic. I think that's really unhealthy as a player.
1: What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Rebel Radio. That was Cassie with her favorite quote. Today's guest is my man, the professor... He is a star of the Ball Up Street Basketball League. If you're into basketball and streetball, you know this dude. He was on the m one tour for years, and uh, he's built an amazing career. The kid is 5'9", 5'10", something like that. He's my height, and he's been playing basketball for over a decade professionally, and it's it's amazing watching him on the courts. He's also got a, a great social media thing going. He's got a series of YouTube videos. We're going to talk about that, how how his social game is strong. He has this thing where he dresses up like Spider-Man and goes out to public courts and and competes with people, and it's it's pretty amazing. And it has like 100 million views or something crazy like that. So he comes through the studio today to drop some knowledge on how he's built this amazing career, some of the ups and downs and things he's had to overcome. And uh, I think it's a great interview. I hope you're going to enjoy it. Before we get there... Let's hear the EDM.com track of the week, here we go. EDM.com track of the week the artist is Jada with a track called Ebony and if you like that go to EDM.com they have a massive selection of all types of music uh, in the dance music category but there's a lot of hip hop and R&B and and I guarantee there's going to be something you like at EDM.com so check that out hey you can find Rebel Radio at iTunes in your podcast store don't forget to subscribe. Leave us a five-star review. Why not? You can find us on SoundCloud, Rebel underscore radio, and of course, on Dash Radio on the Hot Button channel every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific. And now, The Professor. Well, I'm excited to have The Professor here. Yeah. Thank you for coming. You.
3: Oh, Last for
2: time we tried having, having you on your shoulder dislocated.
3: Oh, yes, yeah, Separated.
2: Oh, that sounds even worse. Yeah, <laughs> it Every, all sounds bad. Everything all right now? Oh, it's cool
3: now. It yeah. was a uh, second degree separation, so okay. if you have a third degree, you got to have surgery. And it's kind of a big thing, oh. but it's it's more or less like a pulled tendon. It's just has yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. No fun, I'm
3: sure though. Yeah, so it's all good now. Yeah. Right on.
4: Thanks for being on.
1: Well, dude, you're you're the real thing. You're you're a streetball <laughs> legend sitting up here. We we um we haven't had any athletes yet really? on the show, so Mm-mm. I'm excited to to get to know you. And I've been Following your story, and, and, uh, you know, we we love having people on that have overcome some shit. Thank you, man. Which which I think describes you really
3: well. For sure. Yeah. It's always adversity.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, you know, I always like to start out just talking about Mm -hmm. how you got started and how, you know,
3: how this path came together for you. Mm -hmm. Were you always playing basketball as a kid? Yeah, actually. So my dad put me onto the game when I was three years old. So I was really young, and then I really just took to the game. Like, I would go to his uh, city league games, his Mm -hmm. men's league games, and I would actually sit there and, like, watch the whole game as, like, a three- or four-year-old. You know, normally when we bring little kids to the game, they go run around the halls or terrorize the bathroom or something. So (laughs) I used to sit there and watch the whole game and just be really, like, intrigued by it. And then by about fifth grade, actually, I knew I loved the game. My dad was my coach um, for, like, our AAU traveling team, stuff like that, and... Um, yeah, it was everything. It was like my recreation. It was, it was what I would, uh, do as, you know, as a release. If so frustrated or something mm-hmm. it was, you know, anytime I wasn't in school, basically I was playing basketball.
1: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And, and did you, did you, were you, did you dream at the time of, of doing that professionally?
3: Yeah. I think, I think for every Hooper, you know, you want to be in the NBA. Sure. You know, that's what you grow up watching. And, and, yeah. Uh, idolizing. So at the time, yeah, I wanted to be in the NBA. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, when, so,
1: when did you realize that that's maybe not the path?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, so it was interesting. Uh, always wanted to be in the NBA, even up until, uh, I would say even in high school, you know, it's like, even though, like, my path wouldn't look like I was barely even going to play any college ball, you know, mm-hmm. as a kid, you kind of, like, a little, you know, overly dreamy at times. Of so, mm-hmm. I still thought I was going to make the NBA. And then I remember being held back on the JV team as a junior. When all my friends are going to play varsity so that was like a big hit mm-hmm. you know to my pride my ego everything else so that was pretty humbling but i still thought you know at some point i was going to overcome things um and nba was a sight at that time yeah and then i remember i think it was shortly after my junior year started i saw like the first n one mixtape mm-hmm. and uh that was my first intro to streetball we, we had uh, streetball courts in oregon but right. never like like i was seeing it on the east coast sure and so I Did was, you know about, about Rucker and all the,
1: all the all the New York stuff, all the streetball happening? Out that there? was
3: actually my intro to it. Okay. So I liked a lot of, like, uh, smaller guards in the NBA. Um, I, I liked Tim Hardaway, mm-hmm. and then I liked Allen Iverson when he came in the league, and they were, like, flashy type players. So I was already accustomed to that um, flashier guard style of basketball. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw what they were doing at Rucker and on the East Coast, it uh, I guess it triggered my imagination, you could say, to try to... I guess get more flashy and take that to the next level. And for me, that was just fun, you know? Yeah. Um, kind of like using my imagination with the game. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, stayed persistent. I still, you know, eat, sleep, drink basketball and ended up transferring schools to a smaller school my senior year. There was only like 300 kids in my entire uh, um, high school. So I got a chance to start varsity. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a good year. Got like second team on state. So I was really excited about that, and I thought that colleges were going to come knocking and letters were going to come in the mail, and then nothing came. (laughs) (laughs) And it came down to an opportunity where it's like the only – or it came down to where the only opportunity I was going to get to play college basketball was going to be at a local junior college. Mm -hmm. And the only reason that I actually got on a, a local team in Salem, Oregon, was because my dad, who owns a jewelry store, he sold a wedding ring, an engagement ring to the head coach. Oh, Wow. So he kind of like politics <laughs> with him, like, hey, you know, right. my son, he loves the game. He's pretty really sure. skilled offensively. You know, he's pretty small, but, you know, could you give <laughs> him a look? Yeah. So he gave me a look, and then I ended up walking on the team as the last man mm-hmm. on my junior college team. And um, then just played one year. And then that following uh, summer I tried out mm-hmm. for what was then an one Mixtape Tour. Mm-hmm. And then that's kind of how my career got started.
0: King Tech and DJ Revolution, and y'all about to view the N1 mixtape on video, coming to you live. Keep it banging. Yo, 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 what's up? This is Wanya Morris, Why more Entertainment, voice the overhead We over here just
4: vibing at the M-A-S-B-D, checking out the N1 compilation my man Free. We up in this joint. Why don't y'all fill it with us? What?
1: Seems like a a lot of people, I mean, your story is probably not that different from a lot of kids growing Mm -hmm. up that, you know, I mean, I played every day pretty Mm -hmm. much until I was about 12. Yeah. And then I just got interested in other things. And, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, but I think most people would have given up at some point, Mm -hmm. right?
3: Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting, too, because a lot of parents today, they ask me, like, um, you know, how much? how many hours a day does their kid need to practice to, right. to make the pros? Or mm-hmm. what does their kid need to do in order to play professionally? And yeah. what I've come to notice is there's a difference between liking the game a lot and mm-hmm. actually having it as your passion. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like if it's your passion, you'll probably sacrifice like hanging with friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, know, um, you know, I wasn't as into the girls. I was more like... You know, I shied away from that, so mm-hmm. I really was just basketball twenty four seven. So I, so I, I negated a lot of bad choices that could have been made for sure. Just because it was my passion, I'd rather just hang right. out at the gym with my friends who like to do that full time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, with all the diligence put into basketball, I think you know God honored that in a certain way.
1: hmm mm-hmm. Yeah. And is that what it takes? I mean, you know, I think like you said, kids have this idea that like you know you just feel like everything's just going to happen for you
3: yeah right? mm-hmm. yeah i think uh i think yeah i think if you're a guard and you're not if you're not like 69 or something just extremely you know out of this world gifted mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the game's going to need to be a passion for you cuz the skill set that you're going to have to build is going to be have to be better than the millions of other kids that are trying right. to right. play p- college and then play professionally as well for sure. so it's going to need to be a passion because you need to you need to put the, uh, a crazy amount of time in, but it mm-hmm. has to be fun. It can't be looked at as hard work, otherwise right. you're not going to do it. Right. Yeah. So that becomes the difference, I've noticed. Mm-hmm. So were you conscious of that? Like at what point? Mm-mm. No. Never was conscious of that. It right. was, yeah, it was just fun. So mm-hmm. I just looked at it as like, you know, even if the, the dream was gone to play college, it was like, that's all I knew was fun up until that point. So mm-hmm. I still stayed at it. Because even that freshman year of college, I played like five. I remember one game, I got like 11 minutes. And that was, like, my biggest right. playing right. game is because we were blowing the team out. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Some guys on my team were injured. Right. And, yeah, some games They're it like, was Like, put close. the little guy in. Yeah. He's... If it was close, I wouldn't even get in the game. Yeah. And then after that year, I remember it was the first time, like, I really hit the weight room. Uh, I, was, I was giving, like, two a days. waking up at 5 in the morning, getting up mm-hmm. 500 shots, then working out the afternoon, then hitting the weights. And I started to, like, really just develop fast. Like, my whole game changed, like, 180 mm-hmm. in a matter of, like, one spring early summer wow. so by the time I tried out um, and I was always really skilled offensively but I got a little better on defense a little more confident right a lot of guys in my Juco uh, team were going division two division one mm-hmm. and then by like that summer I was hanging with them and uh, so by the time I tried out from N one it was just good timing mm-hmm. it worked out perfect.
1: so now let's talk about N one a little bit because mm-hmm. you know you you come up with this uh, goal of going to the NBA in mind mm-hmm. and then you know you switch to N one and it's obviously a different style of play mm-hmm. Um, you know it's a lot flashier, and uh you know feels like more fun mm-hmm. on the court mm-hmm. so how is that a tough adjustment?
3: yeah, so I guess for me, I was always flashy, so I felt like I felt like it was meant to be for me to be okay. there uh and I really loved entertaining people with the game mm. yeah even and that's that's kind of what the the whole street ball vibe is we're trying to- like even today on balling, we're trying to entertain the crowd with the game for sure whereas, like. In the NBA or conventional basketball, you're trying to win championships or so you're trying to get the easiest bucket possible. you try to yeah. utilize mismatches, things of that nature. So a lot of the aspects of a regular game are put in. We're just trying to give you the ultimate highlight. So if I'm on the break, I'll probably give you the most entertaining highlight over the most efficient pass. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'll try to go yeah. for the craziest lob I could possibly go to, even though maybe I could just go bounce pass to somebody for, for a layup.
1: Sure, yeah. It's funny because I think – the perception and it, you know definitely if you read the the in the sports articles or whatever like mm-hmm. um the perception is that the nba is is harder like yeah. it's a higher level of play yeah is that do you feel
3: that way mm-hmm. yeah i mean uh i would say yeah the nba is still it's still the top you know it's the best players in the world I sure mean, mm-hmm. the well a lot of people don't factor in is the the size the speed and the explosiveness of the athletes are mm-hmm. next level. so like in the summer i'll work out with nba guys and um, you know, you definitely feel, especially when you get out there on the floor with them, you definitely feel the difference. There's less time right, to make good decisions. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, your efficiency has to be higher. You got to think faster. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you just got to be that much more focused. Right. So, like, if I work out with them for a few summers and then go back and play where we're at, mm-hmm. the game will, it's awesome because the game will, like, slow down for me. Right. And sure. I feel I can do what I do. But the thing is, in, in our genre, like, there's a lot of extreme talent. Right. Um... Usually like the guys uh like the guys that are known on the street ball circuit, they'll have like one part of their game or two parts of their game that are excellent, that are even better than some NBA aspects. Mm-hmm. So so that's why they're there. Right. So it's like some some guys on our team jump higher than players in the NBA. They could probably win the NBA dunk contest, mm-hmm. even yeah. though they won't let them in. Right. Right. You know, guys on our team can handle the ball better than ninety percent of the guards in the NBA. Yeah. You know, so it's like it's usually like one or two parts of your game are like really exceptional. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, guys just can't make the NBA because they don't fit a position. Mm-hmm. You know, like we have a guy named like Baby Shaq on our team, right? Extremely talented. He literally is like Shaq. He can post up guys that are like six nine. Mm-hmm. He's only six three. Wow. And he kind of plays like a power forward, but he can also play a guard. He can shoot, so mm-hmm. he's, he's like crazy talented. But he will, in the NBA, he'd have to be a point guard. Right. Then that's not really his style of game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know sure. what I mean? So. Sure. There's a certain mold you have to fit, and a lot of guys just don't fit it exactly, even though they're extremely talented. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, I get it, and, and I remember seeing that one, you know, for the first time. Mm-hmm. It was like, um, you know, it's so, it's so much more exciting. Right. Yeah, Not to – nothing against the NBA, right? Oh, appreciate but, it. But it's a so different <laughs> right? It's, just, yeah, it's, it's funny. funny. Yeah. I took my son, uh, who's six, a couple months ago to, to his first NBA game. We went to the Clippers game. Sick. And um, he was confused. Like he plays basketball, and, and he, but we don't really watch it at home. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, What's all this? Like, why is there music and fire and mm-hmm. girls dancing? And yeah, like, yeah, you know, and a for, it's a lot it's, I mean, first he, time experience. he didn't mind it, but he was like, I don't get it, like, this isn't basketball, mm-hmm. and you know, but I it, it struck me it, kind of what you're saying is like, they got to build all this exciting stuff around the game because, like you said, the game is just fast and it's Mm -hmm. focused. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's almost like A1 incorporates some of that energy into the game itself. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I got the appeal of it immediately when I saw it, you know, back in the day. I appreciate it. What do you think it's meant to culture? Mm,
3: I think uh, our style of play, I would say it's the most exciting form of basketball that there really is. I think that, uh, you know, when it was on ESPN2, that was, you know, it, it changed the game. Yeah. So what, I, what I've what i noticed is even, like, the flashy moves that they do today, the inspiration or whoever, like, originated that or put that on the map was always in our genre. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at the NBA right. All-Star game, and you'll see, like, you know, everybody's trying to kind of, like, show out that weekend in that yeah. game. Like, some of the moves would be, like, off the head or between the legs or – um they'll do something that they actually got from watching guys on the street so that's i'd say it's a it was a game changer on many levels Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. for sure
1: hey uh you know what's dope casper mattresses is supporting the rebel radio show they're our first sponsor and uh, actually i heard from one of the homies who just bought a casper mattress he used the rebel radio code and saved 50 dollars off his mattress and he's very happy I hope most of you, all of you, will take the opportunity to get a new mattress that gets you a good night's sleep. You can get matching sheets and pillows. You can get your whole, you can buy a whole bunch of sheets and use them as wallpaper and just have your whole bedroom Caspered out if you want to. For a great night's sleep, get a Casper mattress. Try it for a hundred nights in your own home. There's free shipping and returns. If you don't like it, go to casper.com, use the code radio. For $50 towards the purchase of your mattress, that's Casper.com, code RADIO. Save $50 on the purchase of your mattress. Casper.com, terms and conditions apply. And now, and talk about Ball Up. Mm -hmm. So how is that different than that one? Mm -hmm. And and where is, what's happening with
3: Ball Up Mm -hmm. right now? So, Ball Up has a number of things going on. In uh, the summer, this past summer, they started a thing called the Million Dollar Challenge. So, they had seven summer leagues nationwide. And this is away from our, so you got the touring aspect that we do. Mm -hmm. This is the summer league aspect. This was on ESPN2, where uh, there was a million dollars divided up uh, for different prizes, I'll say, like nationwide. So, Mm -hmm. it's like each winner in the market, we get a certain amount of money. Each MVP, we get a certain amount of money then the teams that win from all those markets will all come to la to compete to try to find one winner for the summer and the winner of that would win a half a million dollars nice so this past summer new york won and they they uh won the prize but then we have the touring aspect which is the street side of things Mm -hmm. and uh we tour all summer in the u.s and then away from that we'll do international territories Mm -hmm. and uh then we have the apparel launch Coming July 1st okay. this summer. So basically, what it is, it's more. It was more centered. It was started with the tour with, with AM1. It started with the clothing. Right. It was all about the trash talk yeah. T shirts. They were the first ones to do the long shorts. A lot of mm-hmm. people don't remember their first sh- yeah, sure. shorts below the knee. Yeah. And so it was really centered in the clothing. And then what we did was really just to originally it was just to put together to market the clothing. Mm-hmm. You know, give them something exciting that related to basketball, and we'll wear we'll dress it in it, in our clothes, and then we'll sell it. But then it sort of got its own following the tour side so with ball up, they took that following they kind of like founded the company with the tour mm-hmm. and so they're trying to make an all-encompassing lifestyle brand that that kind of was like started with the with the street ball mm-hmm. yeah nice. so that's the goal
1: and then come, but now the clothing is is part of it as well
3: yeah, yeah, the clothing is part of it as well, and uh launches July first, yeah, so you guys oh nice here and nice and right on. a few different things so'. Yeah, um, that's cool. so
1: yeah, that's cool. I mean, it's interesting. We, you know, you think of N. One like, <clears throat> and like I said, it started with the clothing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think in some ways, you know, it's really synonymous with hip hop. Mm-hmm. Totally. And, you know, like you said, the long shorts. Like it's, it's hard to imagine, you know, hip hop guys in, in like the short shorts. Yeah. Which, which we were. I grew up, you know, with yeah, that as my culture, them. and and like, at eleven, you know, you're showing off your thighs, and mm-hmm. and but then, you know, I think it in the streets that started changing, mm-hmm. right? And then uh, and then, N1 was
3: the first sort of brand that really brought those things together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was interesting because I had never even thought of like a hip hop track playing over the top of like a highlight mix, I right. think. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, that was just like a perfect match made, you know, so when yeah. they put that together, people just went crazy off that because now you sort of like this style of basketball, but now you could live in it because you can mm-hmm. wear the clothing, mm-hmm. You could listen to music yeah dress that way look you know it's a whole package deal Mm -hmm. absolutely
1: so how do you think about that uh related to your own brand Mm -hmm. and i know you do all kinds of stuff outside and and i've Mm -hmm. seen you call yourself a basketball entertainer which i think is really interesting Mm -hmm. um so so how do you how do you apply that thinking you know about the whole lifestyle to Mm -hmm. to the professor brand
3: uh so i've narrowed it down to where the kids for me, they really tagged me as, you know, a ball handler, right? Crazy handles, handles is still like super popular, just like yeah. it was when the when the mixtape first came out. Sure. So my whole hashtag is got handles, mm-hmm. and the way I let kids live in that is I made these vi- started making these videos on Instagram about a year or two ago. Yeah. And what I would do is I'd do like a crazy mix, either playing against somebody, and, or I would just myself. I would do some crazy combo in the park by myself, or in the gym, or whatever. And then at the end, I always get the hashtag. it would be like, got handles." Kind of, it's kind of mm-hmm. like that "Got Milk" yeah. thing. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, it's good. But it's, it's got great. handles, and yeah. then the kids—they it started to catch on. At first, I was just doing it to promote my own dribbling programs, like mm-hmm. tutorials, right? Mm-hmm. It's online tutorials. But then they started just doing it on their own. They're making their own videos. It's kind of like, I, you know, they would like tag me in them or whatever. Like they wanted me to, like repost it. So I started reposting a few of them, and then it caught on crazy. And now like it's its own thing. You know, it has its own page. Mm-hmm. Yeah kids make every day we get at least five to ten a day mm-hmm. to repost. Like we Does got the
2: do. does the hashtag just cause we're in marketing so did the hashtag did you see like a rise in consumption of all your overall videos or sales or whatever you were doing, yeah. like the business objective because of the handle?
3: Yeah, I think so. I think I think me um, really keen in on just like the ball handling side of thing was best because, you know, if you look at all of basketball, the NBA and college have regular convention conventional basketball on lock. Right. You know, so sure. if you are talking about Showtime basketball, you got the Globe Chars and you got us, but our stuff is you know Globe Chars is more for the kids. It's like right. you know it's Disney. It's a, it's a rehearsed game. Yeah. So I think we we can own the market of Showtime basketball that's really real and raw, and they like that. And um, and I noticed, yeah, when I started utilizing the handles, people wanted to like live in it as mm-hmm. opposed to just observe it. And Which say, is oh, amazing. Is cool. yeah. yeah. So it's similar to like what we were talking about. Absolutely, they could like live in it themselves mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. When, so. When
1: did you realize that? What's that? Because that wasn't the plan mm-hmm. at first, right?
3: No, you know, I, I had these programs called Superhuman Dribbling. Yeah. And so I was trying to. I want to put out a program that just showed exactly how I got handles, you know? It's, mm-hmm. it's, there's many ways to get handles, but I just showed them my way. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to think of a hashtag. Catchy, but Superhuman Dribbling is super long. Right. right like Pounds. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then SHD, they're not going to know what that is. Right. That could have been. Yeah, somebody's else. gonna
1: mess up the spelling
3: exactly and all that so came up with got handles and then I realized it was bigger than just a, mm-hmm. a one-time marketing thing for the yeah. program so, yeah that's great embrace it. so it so it's more or less it was an accident
2: no I that's how a lot of the success stories are that we hear mm-hmm. that like just kind of like spread virally it's mm-hmm. all because somebody was just doing something really natural to them yeah I have a question more along your just crafting your skill mm-hmm. how much is it or how big of a priority is it for you to train with major NBA athletes or to see them or kind of build that network
3: mm-hmm.
2: to your personal brand? That's a good
3: question. Um, in years prior, it wasn't as much of a priority. Uh, I would work out on my own in the gyms that I had been working out working out at my whole life. And then four or five years ago, I met a good friend of mine now, but he's an NBA trainer. this guy named Mike Pemberthy. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Every summer out here, he'll have his guys flying, you know, kind of like live in L.A. and work out with him for a full summer. Mm. And being that we had built that relationship and friendship, he would always be like, yeah, come work out with my guys. So I'd go up there and work out with them. Since I did that a few years ago, then I've made it a priority. that's nice. great. But usually with NBA guys, they're on their own schedule. You know, right. Like, especially during their season, they're completely obligated to that. And then sure. in the summer, I was living in Oregon, and I was living in a small town, Salem, Oregon. It's an hour south of Portland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I didn't see many NBA guys. But now living right. in L.A., uh, since two thousand seven, you see all the time. So right. why'd you what?
1: move to LA? Yeah. Uh
3: originally I moved to LA because I, I did this movie called um Ball Don't Lie. Yeah. And actually never released. But Is that right? Yeah. I had to lead in this movie. I was all excited. I remember I told everybody about it. Yeah, I was young, it was really high, it was real green to everything. And then it never released. And then um I was trying to parlay like like with what I had done on ESPN and the whole streetball thing, into more like entertainment, like an acting type situation. But then it just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. It wasn't meant to be. You know, hoops ended up taking up all my time. And uh, yeah, but I love LA. I love the sunshine year round. Oregon it rains every day. Right. And uh I made some friends out here. Sure. Some some solid friends. just I figured it was the next movie. The best place. to be. Agreed.
1: And so I I know you so I know you did a couple movies. Is that still
3: still something I want to pursue? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think even now I'm starting to realize that, you know, after basketball, it's like, where do you go? Do you go to coaching? Do you go to mm-hmm. training? Right. Mm-hmm. Or is it more going to be like an entertainment tip? So right now I still dabble in everything, and I'm trying to slate things more toward um, that entertainment tip, really okay. u- utilizing the YouTube platform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a few years ago I came up with this a seri- or a friend of mine who's actually here right now, Came up with this series of Spider-Man basketball. Yeah, that's, and that's
1: that's amazing. I, I watch it with myself. Oh,
3: oh, thanks for checking it out, man. Yeah. So, this man, over here. Came up with it. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, in so doing explain that, what it is for, for people that. Yeah. Seen so, it. so basically, it's it's uh, it's Spider-Man. It's like a video comic book, and it's Spider-Man who plays basketball instead of fighting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's like the parallels have always been made with like superheroes and sports. Right. And especially basketball, you know, it's like, oh, he was the hero of the game or, sure. he, you know, his hops are crazy. Looked like he had superpowers or yeah. whatever. So, right.
1: well, Shaq believes he really is Superman. Right? Yeah, there you go.
3: <laughs> so, yeah. So putting those together, this just like worked and we yeah. really started out. It was just going to be like a prank. And then we decided to make it a video comic book to kind of string people along instead of doing the same thing every time. Mm-hmm. And then what that told me was that like mixing my style of basketball with things like pop culture, like entertainment. It mm-hmm. was like a home run. Right. So yep. then decided to build upon that and I'm gonna expand on that and then try to take things in more of a entertainment way. But I think I always dabble in like teaching the game and um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if coaching's in the future in the long run, never know. But mm-hmm. uh,
1: so are those videos actually we were we were driving down the street the other day and there's that Deadpool movie coming out. hmm And and my son says, Oh, that's that guy from the basketball. Mm-hmm and, like, that's how he knew, because he'd never heard of Deadpool.
3: Oh, sick. And <laughs> so he knew
1: about it from you. Yeah. Sick. Uh, so is that... How staged is that? Mm-hmm. Like, is that... Do you just really go out and play strangers in a Spider-Man uniform costume? Yeah, it's
3: not staged. Not uh, staged at all. I, I, well, one of them, the latest episode is the only one that's choreographed. But mm-hmm. the that's, other,
1: that's the Deadpool...
3: The one with Deadpool. Right. Yeah, the last scene on that one's choreographed, okay. and the new one's choreographed. But mm-hmm. other than that, the first six... uh, Basically I would just go to the court the fir- the first time is the the c- camera crew they would go to so the court funny. early. Yeah. And they would act like they were just shooting around. Sure. And then I would just come up with a basketball. I usually like walk through a playground with a bunch of kids. Uh-huh. <laughs> so they follow me over to court.
2: Oh my God, that's so funny. And they will
3: start playing and then after I get done i just leave. They yeah. don't take all the mask or anything. Yeah. That's so, amazing. Yeah, so it got to be where it's fun, and then after a while, we didn't have to hide the camera crew because people were happy just to be a part of it, sure. right? And have fun with it. And yeah. then the reason we choreographed some of them is because like we want to do a villain showdown, mm-hmm. but it's like how you do a villain showdown and make it real. It's like right. you're trying to drive a story and do things. Mm-hmm. So even when it be- was choreographed, um, people still took to it, which I was we were excited about right. because uh, you know it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's so yeah, funny. Sure. Yeah.
2: How do you make these decisions? <laughs>
3: uh you know i guess it just starts with like imagination creativity Um, do you
2: have a team that you guys kind of sit around and meet weekly and you guys are like all right who's got the best new idea
3: i do it's really just me and uh my boy rob shout out to rob set free monroe um we we usually just brainstorm like ideas and we both have lived the b-ball culture for a long time um yeah we just we look at viral videos we try to get inspiration from that and I remember one day he just came up with like a cool prank idea. He said, "Hey, you know it'd be is if we wore, you know, if you wore like a superhero mask and you went out and just played people one on one." And I was like, "That would be hilarious, you know? That'd be funny." So, I'm laughing about it and I was like, "All right, we'll do it, but I'm thinking it would just be a video that would it would do some numbers, do a little better than my other ones, it'd right. be funny." And then it really just took off. Right. And so then we have a good time being creative and try to come up with new storylines and different things of that nature. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So and yeah. did you
2: just set? Was that video like just put it up on your, f- with your following, and it just spread viral like that, or was mm-hmm. there more partners involved in getting that distributed?
3: Oh uh, no, it was just it was like an organic, raw crazy. video, which was crazy. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that um, it was. Yeah, I guess it was interesting because a lot of people have agencies and, right. and, and yeah, yeah they like
1: push it and put money behind it. Stuff. Sure, they and should I hire didn't you. No,
3: I didn't even know that organically stuff still went off like that <laughs> right so it nobody believes
2: doesn't. it nobody believes yeah, it.
3: yeah so so yeah. yeah god looked out we had like six million views in a week or something like that's that.
2: that's crazy so yeah. would you say that that's because yeah. your your fan base and your audience is that hyper engaged
3: they are now i think it was because of that yeah so that right. was a few years ago and that kind of like ignited my whole like digital platform from its you know instagram to right so does
2: that feel like that's the motive when you're thinking about new ideas is it what can i serve well we Mm -hmm. heard the term super serve your core
3: base but like is
2: that the priority like what do these guys want to see next and then keep just giving it to them
3: yeah so i guess i guess trying to captivate more of a mainstream crowd for the longest time had like a niche audience who Mm -hmm. really like Mm -hmm. they like streetball they Mm -hmm. like you know raw like hit up the courts you know do your thing and then they like the highlights from that okay. so i was trying to expand and try to grasp more people that weren't necessarily just that just love that style of basketball mm-hmm. so in combining things with pop culture i found that even somebody who may be just like spider-man can watch it and be like oh this is funny right so i'm trying to like broaden the audience but also satisfy that that core sure. right yeah.
1: and and do you worry about that like is the core gonna like this versus like how do, how do you think about mm-hmm. that stuff
4: mm-hmm.
3: yeah uh, exactly, that's some of our conversations And I think that I think in order to expand You always gotta like, take a risk yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So so I think even in like the, the last episode When we choreographed it The thought was like Well, is this gonna be too fake? You sure. know, are they right. gonna embrace it Like they embrace a movie scene? Mm-hmm. Or whatever I think what we found is Some of the core They, they didn't quite like it as much yeah. But then like the mainstream didn't care at all mm-hmm. So the numbers still went, still went rampant right. So I right. think at the end of the day I'm still putting out other videos That'll show right. like my regular grind Mm -hmm. so they can be satisfied in that and try to grab new people
1: yeah yeah so i know one of the other things you do you know you travel around the world and Mm -hmm. you play kids Mm -hmm. all over the world
3: blast oh those are like clinics yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah. um and i saw somewhere you got you you got malaria
3: oh yeah and where was that (laughs) yeah it was crazy that was actually uh the last it's crazy. and one event I did before it yeah. the ball up. Yeah. It was in uh, 2010. We went to Angola, Africa. Mm-hmm. And I was excited. You know, It was the first time in Africa. And the one thing I thought about or a lot of people think about was that we had to get shots and you know, take the pills. But right. for some reason, we didn't do it beforehand. I was wondering why we weren't notified. So we got to the airport and we got notified, like, in Angola. And the event was sponsored by the airline. So Mm -hmm. we kind of had like a VIP pass through the airport. Mm -hmm. And a lot of guys on our team, they were like, they're like, we don't want to get shots and all this. Like, screw it, this is a quick trip. Like, we don't need needles and all that. (laughs) And, and you know, me in my mind, I'm thinking like, well, it's probably safe to get it. Like, I don't love it, but you know, we can go ahead and chop that one up just so we don't have any damages. But the way they made it sound was that it's like, oh, it's no big deal, you're here for a few days. Like, we'll get in and go. Right. So I was like, whatever. So we scooted right through the airport. To hotel, no nothing. Uh the day before the game, I had a clinic outside. It was like 110 degrees. It was crazy. Jesus. Bunch of these guys came through. They had they even had on like some of them had on sweats, like out there in the heat. Uh-huh. They were just they were cool. That's just normal for them. Yeah. Right. You know? So we go through the the whole clinic a couple hours and the playing with them. It was, it was a blast. And then I remember coming away with it, I had like a few marks on the back of my hand, it looked like some like bites, right? Some bug bites or something. So I was just like, Oh, it's interesting. Didn't think much of it. Next day, uh, had the game, you know, played the game or whatever. And then that night I went to sleep and I remember waking up in the middle of the night and like, I'm like, why is it soaking wet? Like moving around, Mm -hmm. my whole bed, my entire bed was soaked. It looked like the bed had been dipped in the pool and then sat back down. It was all my sweat. So I had like this vicious fever that I was like unimaginable. Yeah, And then I woke up the next day. I guess I was okay moving around. I was really dehydrated. And they asked me like, do you want to go get checked out? Like... You know, I was like, yeah, I might as well. I don't really feel that good. So I go in, and I remember uh, the lady, she was speaking the native language, and she was looking at my back of my hand, and she was t- talking to somebody else. And as she's doing it, her eyes got really wide, like, <laughs> And I'm like, what? What? Like, what's going on? You know? Let me know. And so oh man. I found out it was malaria, and I had to stay there for like two weeks. What? Wow.
2: That's crazy. crazy. How long was the trip supposed to be for?
3: It was only for like four days or something That's like crazy. that. And then... Were the you hospitalized left, for that they, two weeks? What do you say?
2: Were you hospitalized
3: for that yeah. two weeks? Yeah, yeah. So you can't, you can't go, you can't leave the hospital if you, legally. Crazy. Yeah. And then it was weird because they had like old, you know, their their uh, technology isn't really on our level, like the medical yeah, equipment. Right. Right. So like when they were giving me the shot, you know, normally we have like the needle and then the tubes and then the little mm-hmm. plastic beakers that you put the blood in. Right. They just had like a needle and a plastic, like a, a little tube. They didn't have the things that you slide on, yeah. the little beakers. Yeah. So they would just like squeeze your arm oh, and the blood like squirts out of these oh, things. And sometimes they would come in the middle of the night and take your blood like that. It was, it was a mess. But wow. yeah. praise God that, you know, okay now. <laughs> well, I usually like to ask
1: people like... what's, what's been your toughest day, but I think maybe you just told us.
3: Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, as far as like touring on the road, that was probably the, the craziest yeah. thing. Any other surprises
1: uh, just, you know, playing basketball around the world?
3: Uh man, there's been a lot of what do, you that, do you have a indoors? favorite place? Uh I got a few favorite places. I like um recently I actually went to the South of France, went to mm. Monaco. Yes. That was that cool. was amazing. Yeah. Uh recently went to Costa Rica, which is unbelievable and then uh I've been to Dubai, like or excuse me, I've been to uh Australia like 20 times. Oh wow. love Australia. <laughs> That's yeah. a long and flight. then Dubai was pretty cool too. Nice. Those are some of my favorites. It's hard for me to always narrow down one. Right. Yeah,
1: sure. Yeah. And is there somewhere that the basketball, like, you're surprised with the basketball skills?
3: Uh, Everywhere. Really? That's what's crazy. I was talking to people. I don't know if some people are aware, but, like, there's always good players wherever you go. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be a, some some good guys, whether you're in Germany, whether mm-hmm. you're in uh, China, Japan, the Philippines. Yeah. There's always, like, some pros there and pr- pretty dang decent. So, sure. I don't get surprised anymore. I always expect like some good competition where right. you know.
1: Is the game different it as you travel around? Like, yeah, and like that's is what, there an Australian style of play?
3: Yeah, there is. Yeah. There is. That's that and that's what I like. I think uh yeah, one thing I've taken joy in is kinda like experiencing the basketball culture in those other places and mm-hmm. seeing like their style. Yeah. Right. So like, you know, Europeans mm-hmm. tend to be like really skilled, you know, very, very fundamental. Mm-hmm. You know, the Chinese are very like rough. They might give you like some cheap shots. Sure, you know. Uh, I would South not South America that. is not as skilled but very very rugged. Right. So yeah, everybody has. Yeah, it's, it's, I it's picture cool. I yeah.
2: picture Australia a bunch of like Ken Barbie dolls running on a court.
3: You would think so. It's actually really diverse mm-hmm. in a lot of different places. Yeah. Yeah. You would think it's more or less like everybody's so good people looking. Long hair that right. go hunt crocodiles. Yeah. You know. But <laughs> no, it's it's actually very diverse.
2: Where's the, the most impressive?
3: The most impressive, uh, I would still say the U certain parts of Europe and in the U.S. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. still still rule for basketball. But what's impressive is that the Chinese leagues becoming really good. Like NBA players, you know, if yeah. contract doesn't make ends. We'll go over there because sure. the economy's mm-hmm. so good and they're able to pay pay big. But also that's helped the skill level rise. Right. Mm-hmm. So you know, in America we might not think some Asians would be the greatest at basketball, but mm-hmm. China some great players. Yeah.
1: You guys don't know how much work it is to put this show together every week. We love it, but it's a lot of work. And so it's really nice when we get some love and support from our sponsors. We just started getting sponsors. The first one was Casper Mattresses. They're not only supporting the Rebel Radio Show, but they also make a very comfortable bed that will help you get a good night's sleep, which is important if you're trying to build a business, record an album, get your career, your life going. You need some sleep. So go get a Casper mattress. They're engineered for comfort, to help you get a good night's sleep. They make sheets and pillows, so you can uh, match your whole set. They deliver it free to your house. They give you 100 nights to test it out, They'll pick it up if you don't like it, but I think you will. And it's also been named one of the best inventions of 2015 by Time Magazine. So that right there, That and sponsoring Rebel Radio, that's two major accomplishments that they've come up with. And right now, you can use our special code at Casper.com. Use the code RADIO for $50 towards the purchase of your mattress. That's Casper.com, code RADIO for $50 off for fans of Rebel Radio. Casper.com, terms and conditions apply.
2: Are Are you scouting talent at all?
3: Uh, just ball up
2: yeah just because naturally you'd see somebody and you're like wow that guy's so talented and being older and gone through like your whole life playing basketball I feel like you would definitely call it out
3: oh definitely definitely Uh, especially with ball up too so a lot of the people who um, had owned and won internationally they've now bought into ball up Mm -hmm. this is like really recent within the last few months so with those territories starting a company uh, what we 're going to be doing is the same thing we do in the states where we look for new talent every year and mm-hmm. there 's actually a contest that runs throughout our tour same mm-hmm. way I got on yeah where one person can win a contract with the company so we 've done that the last like four or five years in in the states with ball up mm-hmm. and now, for the first time we 're going to do it internationally, which I think would be really be cool, yeah. cool. so so there 'll yeah. be like ball up teams in those territories, and then they 'll have the possibility to even join our team mm-hmm. yeah and uh so yeah, scouting has always been some big because yeah. We, we would always look in the past for like people to play against when we would come in that territory, and they would kind of be like people that would live in that country as like an ambassador with them. Right. So that was the scouting aspect. And then now with social media, I'm always scouting, looking people to sure. bring them into the, the guy Handles family. Or
2: yeah, that's awesome. Possibly.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you know, we hear a lot now about like crowdsourcing, you know, mm-hmm. and but, you know, that's kind of what n one has been doing mm-hmm. from day one, right? And, yeah. Um, you know, you can't just show up at an NBA game and get on a team. <laughs> uh, but so, how, I don't know if you know this, but like, how has it worked out for them? Obviously, they got you. So that's that's been a big plus mm-hmm. for the league. But um, what about the other players that have come through that system? Mm-hmm. How's that worked out?
3: It's been incredible. I mean, talk about guys' lives completely changed, you know? Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, had a passion for basketball, didn't work out in college. Maybe, right. you know, maybe they got in trouble, had a kid, you know? Whatever, whatever yeah. the case may be, but sure. it's extremely talented, you know, could play on the top pro level. So now it gave them outlet to actually <laughs> yeah. make a basketball Which career. Which is awesome. So we have, you know, a guy out of Phoenix named G Smith who's got a big following now. He's popular. He's been touring with us the past three years. Yeah, um, it's been great. So right. There's a, oh, the guy that won uh, this past summer was actually he was amazing. He's five five. This kid, his nickname is the mosquito. Okay. It's like the quickest player you've ever seen right he's five five very skilled, yeah, but you know the strength of his game is defense, yeah, and uh it's cool because he's got like m v p of like his ABA in Atlanta, he's got m v p of the summer league for years, and but he never he really had an outlet, and nobody would give him a shot he's five right. five yeah. overseas they want you know they're looking for big bodies and yeah. guys come in and give numbers, and he's good enough to do it. Sc- right. they are scared to take a risk. Sure, it's a small five-five. Right. Yeah. So now he's with us and he's doing his thing. So. Yeah. yeah,
2: that's awesome.
1: Yeah, I find that so interesting that, like, you know, like you said, there's, you know, you'd look stupid if you brought on a player to your team, you know, that's five-five, and he mm-hmm. doesn't work out, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in I think in the NBA, like in that environment where the stakes are really high. Mm-hmm they have to make really safe choices. Yes. And they overlook a lot of opportunities. Like, who yes. knows, that guy might be great. You might mm-hmm. be amazing in, in the NBA, right? But mm-hmm. they're going to look at the statistics and just yes. say, okay, that's too risky of a choice to make. And so that opens up opportunities for, right. for Ball Up or for whoever mm-hmm. to, like, do things a little bit differently. Mm-hmm.
3: Totally. Yeah. Totally. And some of those guys, yeah, some of their games just fit our style of play. You know what I mean? Stream hops or mm-hmm. – Yeah ball handlers you know whatever the case so.
1: are you a risk taker in in other areas of life like you've kind of put all this mm-hmm. everything into basketball and mm-hmm. you know like I said there was probably some safer choices along the way
3: yeah uh I would consider myself way more conservative actually yeah. <laughs> so maybe with basketball so my y- con save it all up for take that. some risks but yeah I'm more or less more conservative probably mm-hmm. yeah. yeah
2: is is basketball gonna be forever you know, like, is this all you're focused on mm. for now?
3: Oh uh, Is there anything Well, else? I'm trying to pave the way for a future. So, like I said, parlaying things more into entertainment. I d- I've done acting stuff for, like, ten years right. now. okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't actually, uh, like, take acting class like I did my first five years out here, but I would like to sort of, like, go back into that a little bit. Yeah. And that's why some of my content is kind of reflective of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, teaching the game, I think, will always be something to dabble in. Right. Um... But you know, as far as forever, I like I like uh, some of the p- small production stuff we do. So like produce producing, uh, like writing.
2: Yeah, there's so much stuff. Um,
3: yeah, so I think I think basketball is kind of like the center point. But yeah. so I think things at least what I can envision now would would be centered around basketball. But you know, you never know what the Lord has for the future. So
4: right.
1: have you had mentors help you out along the way?
3: Yeah, that's some great mentorship. What's um, so
1: what's. What's the most
3: important thing somebody's taught you? Uh man. One thing in basketball that I found really key is to not get too high and not get too low. So it's like, you know, you go on a nice for example, you go on a nice winning streak, you don't don't act like you won the NBA championship. If right. you have some some trials and some everything some setbacks, you don't act like your career's over. Right. You know, and I see players all the time that do both. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember back in the day when we used to lose some games. You know, and one, like, it's it's all real, but we had a very talented team, like all-stars right. of the street. So we we'll would win 90% of the games. When we lost, everybody panicked. Like, corporate would act like the tour's over. <laughs> Guys would act like, you know, jobs are in jeopardy. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's not working out. We need new guy. You know, everybody would panic. So I think that's really unhealthy as a player. So, so like, who
1: who helped you get oh, perspective to perspective on that? Uh,
3: yeah. Actually, originally, that, that was something I was taught at a very young age, uh, I had this guy who started training me when I was in fifth grade, mm-hmm. and he kind of like taught me. He kind of like planned the see for all my ball handling. Mm-hmm. This guy by the name of Rodney Howard. He was, he was an awesome trainer. And uh, he, he was a small guy. He's was like 5'9", but he played Division One basketball at uh, Oregon State University. Mm-hmm. So I started working with him when I was in fifth grade, and I actually got a lot of b-ball wisdom from him. And then my pops as well. Somebody just loved the game. He works hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah.
2: I think that lesson is true of business. Mm-hmm. Like my fiance runs his own yeah. business and he treats it like he has that same exact attitude. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't just because they had a good month. He's not like running with that and thinking he can just go out and blow all his money.
3: Not invincible. <laughs>
1: yeah, no. It's so a, is it's, that just?
2: It's a good lesson.
1: Is it instinctive now, or do you do you have to catch yourself sometimes?
3: Uh, I think I still have to catch myself. Yeah. You know, yeah. Still. So what's that conversation like with myself? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> Tell us those intimate <laughs> details.
3: Yeah, I think even it even can boil down even to like one game, right? If you have twenty points in the first half, yeah, you can subliminally get complacent, you know. So sure. like, I find myself having to be like, all right, well, we still have another half, we still got to stay aggressive, you know, be alert. It's just far from over, you know. So that's, that's I guess that's kind of like a micro situation of it. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes even if you're on a long tour, you know, say you're overseas for like you know ten games. You may have a great game the first, like, four or five games. You know, it may be going well. You're having a good time. But then you'd be like, all right, you know, we still got to grind. we still got to focus. Um, a lot of times when you travel, you get tired. Like, sometimes right. I'll show up to the game, like, dead tired because mm-hmm. you got an all-night flight. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you, a lot of times this is a situation. You get to a city, and you think you're going to rest because you just came from a different country. But you don't. You just go promo all day, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then promo all day the next day. You're like, when are we gonna rest? Sure. You know. <laughs> yeah. But you right. don't. Then you get right. to the game, and it's like, all right. Got to get focused. Let's you know, let's get it together. So yeah, I was constantly, constantly reminding myself. Yeah, yeah sure. that's a
2: good uh, lesson. So, so teaching or coaching is mm-hmm. going to be something you're going to do more of. What's the most important lesson a coach can impart onto, like, a team or, some like, an individual you're mentoring?
3: Or an individual? Oh, my gosh. There's so many facets to the game, you know? I would say it's really hard for me to pick something, one thing that would be Mm -hmm. most important, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I mean, what I tell the kids now, honestly, a lot of kids are like – they're nervous or anxious about what the outcome of something will be. Mm-hmm. But, and it sounds real generic, but I, I kind of give the message of, hey, you know, I think you honor God if you just leave everything on the floor, you give it your 100% effort, mm-hmm. you know, with everything, 100% preparation before, 100% e- effort on the floor, and throughout whatever everything you're doing, and then you will no regrets because you went your hardest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's one core message I'm always having to relay because a lot of kids... Commonly it was, it was, ironic, it was interesting is that they always ask me, they talk about how I'm so nervous. Like, how do I get to, you know, mm-hmm. how right. do I approach this? How do I go about it? So that's something I say constantly, but, um, so much of the game is hard. to. Know right. yeah.
1: Hey, check it out. We got our second sponsor. I'm very excited to tell you about hubba.com. It's a new site where people with products can list those products. Stores go on to find out about new stuff to carry. Influencers go to find out about stuff to write about. So if you have a product and you wanna connect with influencers or retailers, list your product on hubba.com. They're having a launch party here in Los Angeles. My man Peanut Butter Wolf is DJing. It's gonna be a hot event February 17th. It's invite only, but because you're a friend of Rebel Radio, My man Saul from hubba.com will let you in. All you got to do is drop him an email, Saul at hubba.com. Tell him you listen to Rebel Radio, and he'll put you on the list for Peanut Butter Wolf at the hubba launch party.
2: What about some of that? You know, you said it wasn't when you were playing basketball in college, like that's you were just focused on the game. You were like, sort of ignorant when you came on. You're just like, I'm going to play basketball. I might go to the NBA, right? Uh How much of that do you notice you pick up on the kids and you just kind of let them ride that ignorance? Because for you, it kind of fueled so much of your your passion. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I I try to... Sometimes I wish I would have had good perspective, you know? Um, So I try to give... I try to, uh, you know, always relay honesty, but, like, encourage at the same time. Right. You know, so... A lot of kids are overly confident thinking they're going to make the NBA right. and this, that, and the other, and very far from reality. And they might might not even have a passion for the game. Right. So they're not even putting in the right amount of time. Mm-hmm. So I found that, like, really just being honest with them, but not doing it in a way that's, uh, you know, detrimental to them, you right. know, continuing to pursue. So It's good. So be, so be encouraging, but also giving them perspective of, uh, you know, just what's out there, you know, what you're going to be looking at at coming ahead, you know, getting to college, you know, mm-hmm. what time... You know what type of workouts you're gonna have to be, you know, investing time in, and you know each step of the way, just making them more aware of it, but also encouraging them, you know, hey, stay at it. You know, you might want to look into this. You know, right. this is gonna be good for you. You know, just so you know, you know other guys are talented out here. You know, <laughs> yeah. Not so yeah, do you, do you think
1: though, like, you know, you're kind of saying like, you, you know, you need to have a plan B, but sure. is that? Is that sort of irrational optimism important? Is that necessary? Mm-hmm. Oh, I see to what you mean. get you there?
2: Yeah, that's the question.
3: I don't know. I felt like my path was meant to be, you know? Yeah. I, I don't think I would tell somebody to spend all their time, put all their chips in b ball mm-hmm. Um only because if you look at the, by the numbers, only a, a few, uh, you know, a small percentage of basketball right. players. I can't remember. I've seen the statistics before. It's alarming oh, um, the small percentage yeah, of basketball players absolutely. that will actually even play college basketball from right. from junior college to right. D1. There's a very small percentage there. Yeah. And then there's a very small percentage that will actually go from there and actually play for a living somewhere, whether that's overseas, NBA. It's like, it's like winning a lotto. Ball. Yeah. 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 So, so I would always encourage, you know, education. So, you know, putting education first. I didn't. mm mm-hmm. um, I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes I'm amazed that God honored (laughs) all the diligence I put into basketball because I didn't uh, didn't utilize studies like I should have.
1: But that's kind of what I wonder. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, in hindsight, Mm -hmm. you know, it sort of makes sense. But Mm -hmm.
3: I think for most, yeah, for most kids, you should put education first because you know, at the end of the day, it's like B-ball is one of those kind of like shoot for the stars type career choices. You know, like you know, making music or want to be Brad Pitt. You know, absolutely so right not gonna have it. so but, you need that right. that plan a and keep that as a hobby and if that can ever be the plan a then scoot over in time but like yeah. when
2: you see I mean we've interviewed a, a ton of a dozen artists mm-hmm. and they all have given up everything mm-hmm. to just do their skill yeah and there is no plan b then they all mm-hmm. say like what is the plan b they're like I don't know a plan B because this is all I know mm-hmm. and I feel like you kind of have to just have plan A.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, but because but then it's interesting because there's a whole bunch of people who didn't work out for absolutely and probably m- many of those, and then you don't hear about those right. because it's kind of like shameful. Where people, yeah, you yeah. know, we kind of sweep, sweep yeah. those on the yeah, rug and, <laughs> and then go the other way. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting that most people do a lot of times there is no plan B and they just go for it. But I don't know. I would I would say. I don't know to help that person. I don't think yeah. we're
1: encouraging people to drop yeah. out of school. Yeah, <laughs> on
3: <laughs> no, on
1: this show, but but, but, but I, as far as our aspirations, but there is something yeah. to that, right? Like mm-hmm. to just being all in. right? And mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, against it'll show your dedication level. Yeah, something like that. Like you know, I don't know. I I don't know if it's possible to get there
2: without with, the, a, with all a, in.
1: if you have yeah. a really strong plan B. It's like yeah, you know, because I y- think. I think it's probably so tempting to give up mm-hmm. at, at different points, right? Right.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. A lot of times now, when I'm looking at people's stories and different things, what I'm starting to realize is uh, persistence, uh, like like diligence is always on her, but also just the persistence. Yeah. You yeah. Know, if you stick at something long enough yep. and continue to improve in that, a lot of times that can work out Right. For you but that's true. Run. That's yeah. true of
2: everything. I mean, that's constant business lessons we share with each other and our clients and our. You know, it does, it takes a lot of persistence. Yeah, which is
3: easier said than done. So, How do do you track your improvement? Uh, I track my improvement through social media. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Social media now, because I'm always about, like, branding. Right. Yeah. Um, But I think in the past, I always made it a goal of mine, even though, you know, I'm continuing to do the same thing, is that I want people to think, like, oh, he's got better this year. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm always still trying to improve my game every year, Mm -hmm. I think you know even up until the last few years I think every year you could say he's a little bit better at this a little bit better at that and I think over the course of time you know you really can observe it.
1: yeah Mm -hmm. so when you think about branding and your your own brand um obviously you know a big a big outlet for athletes is Mm -hmm. is endorsements and you know brand partnerships Mm -hmm. how much are you Mm -hmm. paying attention that obviously you have the ball up Mm -hmm. you know relationship but but beyond that how much are you thinking about that and and
3: what do you think makes a good fit for another brand with your brand? Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, I'm thinking about it tons. Yeah, uh, yeah like, ball up is the greatest fit because, you know, it's a b-ball, mm-hmm. you know, merch. Clothing, sure. clothing and apparel, right? So that makes the most sense. Uh, just signed a deal with this wristwear company, the Deuce brand. Mm-hmm. So they're making, the guy handles, bands. Everybody likes wristwear, whether it's watches, bands, whatever yeah. the case. Um, what also has fit in the past is, like, food and drink. No, mm-hmm. I did a bunch of stuff with Mountain Dew over the years. Okay, I did a KFC campaign last year, two years ago, something like that. Um, basketball, mm-hmm. do a lot of stuff with Wilson, even currently. Just, yeah. just got done with the Wilson X campaign. It was like new basketball that came out that like tracked your uh, shooting progress. Oh, via yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, I mean, all things that kind of go hand-in-hand with the culture, right? Right. right. So, um, you know, clothing merch, food, drink, basketballs, training. I got uh, power hands. These uh-huh. gloves you wear. It's like these weighted gloves, this new technology they came out with that you dribble with. Wow. And it uh, decreases your dexterity. Take it off. And oh, it's then. A, and you... there's an extreme influx of the. Really? Increase in the dexterity. It's wow. incredible. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Cool. So, stuff like that.
1: Mm-hmm. So, think about, especially the non, like, you know, the KFC and the Mountain Dew, like stuff that's not basketball. Mm-hmm. How do you know what's a good fit for you?
3: Mm-hmm. And and how does that relationship work? Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah, so for me, everything is about being family-friendly. Mm-hmm. I definitely want to cater to the younger crowd. Sure. Which is, I think the big majority of my audience now is, like, the, the younger kids. So yeah. I'm trying to... So uh,
1: we're not going to see you on the whiskey.
3: Uh, no, no. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, me as a Christian, myself is, like, more like pro-Jesus. So sure. obviously that's going to be pro-family. Okay. Right. So I try to. I try to stay in that lane, so anything can cater that, yeah, so I would probably wouldn't do, like, beer, alcohol, mm-hmm. which have been offered more than a few times. When mm-hmm. um, somebody wanted, <laughs> this underwear company approached me one time, it was like, uh, <laughs> it was something, like, about, like, sagging your pants, I can't remember what the name of oh, it, but wow. the brim was supposed to show, like, uh-huh. sag your pants, Yeah. so I just, I wasn't like, like and that's not even, like, horrible, you know what right. I mean, but it just yeah. wasn't a fit for Doesn't, me. It's right. not you. Yeah, I don't yeah. sag, uh, you know, now the new generation, they sag, like, right below the crotch like yeah that, yeah know, it's crazy so.
2: Right, but in For your sure. mind like what's what's success like mm-hmm. let's say you did do something with Mountain Dew yeah like how do you know that that partnership is a success is it because your fans were like mm-hmm. really excited and they were commenting or engaging yeah. a lot with the content or was it because Mountain Dew was like we just sold a shit ton of Mountain Dew
3: I think it's both <laughs> no. yeah I think it's a combination of both so the now the analytics are off the charts like you can really track right. things really down to a science right. you know, as far as like how long did a person watch that video? At what point did they start to tune out if there was a heavy like tune-out rate? Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, since we ran that campaign, what did sales look like? What right. did they look like regionally, according to his analytics, where his demographic is actually at? Mm-hmm. They can do it like, so right. So they really a- analyze those on a deeper level. Yeah. And so I think it's both, comments, likes.
2: Mm-hmm. What does leadership? that do for you in terms of like you're just your business planning and mm-hmm. like if you're like that worked out really well i want to do more of that are mm-hmm. you like conscious of that or you're just letting them approach you and then you're like all right let's mm-hmm. do this
3: uh no i'm definitely conscious of it so daily i'm looking at analytics mm-hmm. uh now i'm in the midst of trying to figure out who to sign with uh you know the uh these youtube agencies mm-hmm. are really big now right mm-hmm. they're not affiliated with youtube but they're the agents right. they're like the middle one yep. that would bring you advertising sure sure so it's, just, it's like a huge thing. I'm trying to, my deal was just up like early January with this other company I was with. And so I'm now I'm looking to resign with another one. And so I got to take all those things into account.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if I was on your team, mm-hmm. uh, what is something I would hear you say a lot? You hear me say a lot?
3: Oh, man. Uh, Maybe I should ask these guys. Yeah. You might want to ask them. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm always joking around. So sure I, I don't know. But. I don't know. My thing, I think as a teammate, I'm always trying to build, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think it's enough negative stuff you get all the time. So I, I know that for me to be the best teammate is to be somebody who's always, like, supporting my guys. So yeah. I think it would be something along the lines of, you know, good work, you know, keep it up, something like that. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah and on the negative stuff, I mean, you know, I know there's a lot of haters out there. Uh, and especially, you know, you you're you're fighting the odds and you're mm-hmm. doing stuff that's, I mean, I think there's haters out there for everybody. Absolutely. Honest. God, with the haters. Um,
3: does that ever bother you? Uh, when I was younger, it did. Yeah. When I was younger, I remember when I first came on, digital was just starting to get popular. And they used to have the chat rooms. You know, oh, the yeah. Chat yeah. forums. Those
2: are the worst. They're like reading a slam book yeah. about crap that yeah. people so say that, about you. That
3: was the, back then, that was like the current day comments, you know, yeah. basically, yeah, where you get the, for sure. the hate. And I remember reading stuff that was like negative about myself because... In my own bubble with the time, I was very green, so I'm here, my family's encouraging, <laughs> yeah. my friends are encouraging, yeah. everybody is like, what do these people, why do they have bad things to say about my looks and my hair? <laughs> You're What's like, going dude, on? What's I like What's hair? <laughs> I can never satisfy. <laughs> <laughs> so that was hurtful when I was younger. Yeah. And then I think I think four or five years in, my early 20s, I kind of like learned to embrace it. Mm-hmm. And then now I don't even think about it. But what I've come to know is, if you don't have people who are, like, threatened by, like, what you do or, like, a, an, yeah. I, I don't want to say offended, but if you don't have people mm-hmm. who are saying something negative, I think that you can, it's safe to say that your stuff isn't that big of an entity because right? I learned that it's human nature. To, once something gets to big enough to a point, then other people are going to feel threatened because it's like they want that, yeah. that same of course. title, too. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, even my cousin, he... He started. Uh, I shouted him out a few times that he plays basketball. We're trying to get him ready to play JUCO. Okay. And so on his social media platform, he started to get some haters Is that you right? know, on his Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was trying to educate him. Like, listen, don't let that. Don't worry about that stuff. Don't acknowledge it. Right. Don't do anything. That all that means is now you're prevalent enough to where some people, you know, wish they were in that spot or right. You know, th- are gonna say some negative stuff. So do you do you um,
1: do you censor? yourself knowing that you know you have this audience that's Mm -hmm. paying attention is gonna you know you can like see the hate come before it before it gets you like does that enter your process at all when you when you put stuff out there
3: oh yeah yeah Yeah, I mean yeah with certain things I mean yeah I think when I think of video concepts and or different things I'm gonna upload I'll be like oh you know what crowd give me a hard time (laughs) I was like let's let's stay away from that because I think you still want you still want to satisfy your audience, sure, mm-hmm. but you gotta know that you can't satisfy everybody, right, so it it does you know it definitely crosses the mind, you know, yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely, mm-hmm. and sometimes you probably just gotta do stuff anyway,
3: yeah, yeah, sometimes it's like whatever you know it's right. <laughs> gonna come we don't have time to go back and change that it's mm-hmm. it's over now, so whatever,
1: yeah, right. for sure, um well i know we were we were talking a little earlier about music, mm. Mm-hmm and you know you're saying and one is really uh you know was really like the synonymous with with hip hop culture mm-hmm. is that still true i know hip hop has changed a lot yeah. um who's um some favorite dj's you've seen come perform or or rappers that you've had at shows
3: uh i'm trying to think i mean over the years it's been tons man I mean, a lot of people got their start with, with like our genre yeah, i remember for sure. like paul wall mm-hmm. He was like a big fan That's of crazy. our stuff, and he was like a kid. Yeah. You know what uh-huh. I mean? He was like, bro, can I have your jersey after the game? I was like, sure. <laughs> I was like, why does the kid have a grill? You know, this is like before yeah, that yeah, was popular. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this is a gold team. And then I remember like, you know, like Joel Santana, like Dipset, got their star on our uh-huh. back yeah. in the day. Uh, E40 was big with our stuff. Yeah. Um, even like Snoop Dogg was on some of the mixtapes back mm-hmm. in the day. yep. Yeah. Yeah. No. no. Yep. Yeah. Did it happen in one day?
1: Nope. Came a long way? Yeah. Never know what kind of angle. no nope.
2: Crossover
0: break your ankle? Yeah. Sloppy with the rock? Nope. Steph Curry with the shot? Yeah. Suckers? Nope. Splash Brothers? Yeah.
1: Ain't no stopping? Nope. Clay Thompson? Yeah. Under pressure, is he choking?
3: Nope. Do it big like broken? Yeah. Never let him touch I mean, What about lately? From the new, you know, I'm not as, a, like, a lot of these people, I don't even know who they are. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not as in on, like, the new, like, the rap mainstream. culture or yeah. whatever. I mean, I know, like, the mainstream, you know, people you hear about the uh-huh. regular, but, um, you know, a lot of people tar- take part in our genre, whether they're coming to the games or, you know, follow on Instagram or whatever mm-hmm. the case.
4: So, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah.
1: Do you ever get starstruck? You see somebody at a game where they come up to you afterwards and you...
2: They're you, a fan. Like, that would be crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: Uh, I would say as much Star Trek, but it's, you know, sometimes cool if you, you appreciate someone's work sure. and then you see them in person and then when you find out they're a fan of yours, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Recently, I think like less than a year ago, uh, or no, in 2013, uh, did a series of games overseas with Alan Iverson mm-hmm. and he was like the player in middle school and high school. I used to mimic my game after. Yeah. Loved his game. And then we were having conversations and I come to find out that he was a big fan of our genre. Nice. And, and he had been following my videos for a long time he said his sons actually like watched the Spider-Man thing and mm-hmm. <laughs> they were really taken by it and he he was going on and on like talking about it for hours you know he was asking <laughs> me about this and I was in there tripping out because I'm like you know he's a Hall of Famer this is who yeah. I it's grew surreal. up watching yeah. Yeah. so that was sort of real, and that was very cool That's cool. Um, but yeah I think I don't think you know if if, if you're sh- I guess starstruck like, sometimes that I kind of yeah. think about that as unhealthy you sure. know what I mean it's like your values and other humans a little right. too much you know what I mean but I think it's cool to like. You know, for somebody uh, whose work you appreciate to kind of be a mutual fan, it's pretty, yeah. pretty cool. Uh, you talked about,
1: uh, I saw an article, you talked about playing basketball with Woody Harrelson. Oh, yeah. Uh, huh. And so who, who's, the, who's the, and you said he was not bad for an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's not, he's not. Who else, who's the best actor or, mm-hmm. or non-basketball player that, that you've seen on the court?
3: Uh, I think Chris Brown. Chris Brown nice. likes basketball a lot. Yeah, so played with Chris a bunch of times when he was actually he when he he was he was 16 years old. He played on our tour, I think in like 2005 or six. Is that right? He came and played. He he would like play on the N1 tour. Like they let okay. him play in the game for like a few games mm. wow. at a time, just because yeah. he, he was like a fan of it. You know, a popular thing. But I think it was like a you know, a marketing move for him or whatever. Yeah, sure. sure. He wasn't as popular then, but he had a following, and then. Even like current day, like they do like the uh, the Power 106 game here mm-hmm. in LA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was injured was shoulder thing, right. so I didn't play, but I went and we, talk, we, we caught up, you know, talked. And then when he used to live, he used to live in Santa Monica, and we used to play at this open gym all the time. So, yeah. so I would say he's probably the best uh, entertainer because mm-hmm. you know, nice. he kind of like lives the culture. Like he would probably play basketball anyway if he wasn't mm-hmm. making music.
2: Sure. I saw yeah. Mystical play not too long ago, maybe last year. Oh, it's terrible. But his son is really good. good. (laughs) His son is really good. Really? It was so funny. I was like, who keeps passing this guy the ball? (laughs) But it was fun.
3: Nice. Yeah,
2: I saw it in uh, Phoenix during Super Bowl weekend. I think they had like a little...
3: Like a little celebrity game? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Well, let's
1: promote the the socials. What can everybody find?
3: Oh, definitely. You got to check me out on YouTube at Professor Live, Instagram at Global Hooper, uh, Facebook Professor Live, Snapchat. Trying to go hard on Snapchat. Like <laughs> yeah. It's at Global Hooper 12. Okay. On Snapchat. And, and then, then. But they mainly need to follow Ball Up at Instagram, follow Ball Up on uh, YouTube. Nice. Yeah. And then God Handles. God Handles. And if you really want to get serious with it, you follow it at God Handles mm-hmm. Nation on Instagram, make a video. Nice. Awesome. We post every video.
2: That's so cool.
3: Professor, thanks for being here. Yeah, right? I appreciate Thank it. You. Oh, thanks for having me. It's
1: it's awesome. All right. Thanks for listening. That was my man, the professor. I hope you enjoyed that interview. I really enjoyed talking to him. And before I leave you, don't forget to visit us on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review or a six-star review. You can subscribe on SoundCloud or find us on Dash Radio on the Hot Button channel. And uh, buy a Casper mattress and visit Hubba.com. Support all our sponsors. And most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio.